This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on. Like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors. Part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup. Rated number one for reliability. And Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles. Where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. I am Russ Goldman, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Louis Shackshaft, who is a Sheffield Wednesday supporter. He's on to share his thoughts on Sheffield Wednesday ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our view of the opposition show, which is a preview for this upcoming match. I haven't spoken to Louis in a long time, probably a couple of years now, so I look forward to speaking with him again. He's been on the show before. Louis, welcome back to Cottage Talk. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Russ. Yeah, it's great to speak to you again. And like you say, it probably has been a good 18 months or so since we have had a conversation. But you're back, obviously, for the for the wrong reasons back in the championship. But it's, it's great to be able to speak to you again, yeah. Good to speak to you again. Louis, please tell everyone how they can reach you on Twitter, where you're writing. And also, because I was a, a member of the uh, championship podcast, so let's talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft. Uh, my handle is just my name. I regularly host the uh, Championship Podcast, where you can find on Twitter at Championship Pod, uh, where, like yourself, Russ, have been on the show many times. Uh, but my writings, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday pundit at Football League World, uh, Feast of Football Radio and the Yorkshire Post newspaper. Well, that's great. And I highly recommend following Louie and reading Louie. When it comes to Sheffield Wednesday, Louie's my number one source, so I knew I had to get him on the show <laughs> to preview this upcoming match. So, Louie, let's start here. Give me your thoughts on Sheffield Wednesday's season so far. Obviously, there's been a change in managers, so we could talk about that, but just give me your overall view. Well, 
this first seven games into the season, it's still kind of difficult to tell how our season's going to go based on the games we have played. We we haven't played anyone as a you know high caliber team as such yet, and this is why I'm intrigued about the fixture on Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday versus Fulham, because for me. Fulham are going to be right up there come the end of the season. I mean, you'd expect them in playoffs minimum. Um, I know at the minute that, you know, the, the one place below Sheffield Wednesday in the rankings, but as the, you know, as time goes on over a 46 game season with the players that they've got, this for me is, you know, a, a pinnacle point where I can look at Sheffield Wednesday and determine how good we are. So at the, at the minute we've, We've won four games. We've lost three games. You could say that's an okay start. We've we've lost games that we probably shouldn't have done. We've won the games that we should have done. Um, we've we've probably based on the running that we've had. Uh, we've had many teams probably other than Preston that you'd expect to finish in the bottom half of the league this season. So we we probably should be on more points. But having said that, four wins from seven games can't complain. Um, but essentially, Russ, if I'm honest, our season yep. probably starts on Saturday because, like you said, with 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 what happened with Steve Bruce two weeks before the season yep. started, it, it left us in such a predicament and turmoil. Lee Bullen obviously took the reins for for the the previous games, and and then we've we've had the victory under Monk when he's arrived on Sunday against Huddersfield. But I was so disappointed in Huddersfield, particularly under. Cowley, who, you know, I thought that they'd have that added spark and and confidence as a, of a new manager. And for me, Huddersfield offered nothing. So I'm still, you know, like I say, I'm still very unsure of what is to come from Sheffield Wednesday. I just hope, like I say, new manager, uh, breed of confidence into the club now. And, and like I say, our, our season really starts as of now. So we shall see. We shall see, my friend. It's going to be a very interesting match on Saturday. But what's go back to this summer because I have a feeling that your expectations have probably changed from this summer with everything going on with Bruce to now with mm-hmm. Gary Monk. Have your expectations changed from earlier this summer? Um, if, if I'm going to disagree with you, actually. But no, I, w- I wouldn't say so. I think when, when Bruce was in charge, we, we'd obviously got the, the preparations in place. Um, he, he came in February and we expected to be, you know, Bruce to be still our manager. So I think in in terms of our expectations this season, I think anywhere between 6th and 12th is probably realistic. Um, Once Bruce left and, you know, cutting a long story short, now now Monk has come in, I'd probably say a similar expectation for me. I think first and foremost, you've got to say Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we've got to aim for top half minimum. So, you know, at 12 up, upwards. Um, but now, you know, we've got another manager like Monk in charge, who, even though he's only 40 years old, um, he's, he's still got, you know, four or five years of experience in the championship. So I think for me, we need to look at the season ahead. And although it's still early days, early days, you know, with with Monk at the helm, I think you've still got to say that a, a playoff push, whether that's fifth or sixth, or or even to be seventh or eighth with five or six games remaining, that's where we, we've surely got to be aiming for. There's, you know, sure. if, if we can't if we can't say that 
we're we're not expected to finish in the playoffs this season, then then what's the point? You know, we've got to have something to aim for. So I think that is first and foremost, like I say, top half. But then if yeah. if we can push for fifth or sixth, then that's that's simply got to be our objective this season. And listen, I agree with all that. I should have broken this up into three parts. I should have said before Bruce left, after Bruce left, and now, because that's why I was wondering if your expectations changed after he left. But I, I totally agree with you, Louie, because um, if you go to when Bruce was there, you should be looking at where you're looking at right now. Like you said, your expectations haven't yeah. changed. So I, I guess I should have done a better job of uh, clarifying exactly what I meant by your expectations, but you did a very good job there. No, of course not. It's It's been, uh, like I say, this this last few months has been uh, a sorry state of affairs in many ways. It's just a case of, uh, yeah, coming to terms with what's happened and, and we move on from here, but it has been, yeah, um, a sticky situation, but hopefully that's the end of it and we push on. So Okay. And that's going to lead me to ask you about Gary Monk because yeah. uh, it sounds like, your expectations are similar to what they were under Steve Bruce. So, again, I, I have a feeling that you are looking forward to seeing what Monk can bring Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, when, when you know, we were looking for a new manager and we had, we had Bull and in charge as caretaker, there were, there were so many names branded around, like your Pardews, uh, your Pulisers, uh, managers like this who, for me, have kind of dinosaurs now if that makes sense they, they're probably Absolutely. looking for the final payday and I think this last five to ten years managers like that have been have been left behind ten years or so you know they're kind of you know they've, they've been kind of found out so for me the only two people what you know the, the running for the job was well there was Chris Hewton but he ruled himself out other than that it was Danny Cowley who's gone to obviously Huddersfield Town uh, but for me, Cowley would have probably been a bigger risk at Sheffield Wednesday just because of his lack of experience in the championship. You know, him and Monk, both 40-year-old. Uh, so my thoughts on Monk is that he is a decent manager. I think, yes, so far he's not got anyone promoted. Um, but his win ratio, uh, you know, you, you look at Leeds and Middlesbrough in particular, um, is about 42%, which I can live with. Um and, and, you know, under the circumstances as it was at, at Birmingham, you know, the financial fair play, the 12-point deduction, right. until that point, I thought actually Birmingham, it, it were doing really well and he seemed to get the best out of Shea Adams and Lucas Jukovic at that club. Um, so for me, it was probably, you know, Monk's probably the best of a bad bunch, so I can't complain. And, and I'm really pleased to see actually, even though it feels like Monk's been around a long time, it's good to see... Uh, a younger manager, like I say, he's only 40 years old with something to prove. You know, I'm hoping that it can be at this club for three, four years. I know, you know, that's probably sounds silly given the times that managers probably only last about 12, 13 months these days. But, if you know, he's he's got hopefully a bit of success in the long term. You know, you've got to give a, a manager for me a couple of transfer windows. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what Gary Monk can bring. I think, you know, it were between him and Cowley for me, as I've said, and, and you know, I've okay. got no complaints over Gary Monk, you know, in the end. And um, let's just hope he, you know, can, can turn a corner with Sheffield Wednesday and finally get a team promoted whatever way, whether it's automatic promotion or, or um, via the playoffs 
Sure. May, you know, maybe next season's maybe realistic in, in in that sense, but we'll see what happens this season. Okay, well, between us, I'd like to see you back in the Premier League and another team in Sheffield not in the Premier League. So let's hope that happens <laughs> within a couple of seasons. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> All right. Louis, let's now talk about strengths and weaknesses for Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, I'm just going to read what Bootscore.com said. See if it matches up with what you know about your side. This is what they have to say about your club. Strengths, finishing scoring chances, attacking down the wings, creating long shot opportunities, creating scoring chances. Weaknesses, avoiding offside, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, defending against through ball attacks. So I'm curious, does that match up with what you know about Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, slightly. Um, I think, though, it's a case that some of those you know, strengths and weaknesses – may differ slightly as the season progresses, like I say, just seven games in and, and right. we've come up against, you know, teams of a similar nature, should I say. Um, so for me, I agree with, and, and it's, this is strange as a Sheffield Wednesday fan to say that our opportunities that are created this season in terms of our strengths is our wing play. And I've not been able to say that since probably we had Mikel Antonio or Jermaine Johnson, which is wow. probably five, six years ago. Like everything at Sheffield Wednesday has gone through the middle this last three, four years, really, through the likes of Bannon and Kieran Lee. Whereas now we've got Kadeem Harris, uh, Jacob Murphy. We've still got the option of Adam Reach on the wing as well. So a lot of our success is, like I say, from wide areas now. And you'll probably notice that on Saturday. And it's it's something that's new to Wednesday fans, but it's it's great to see because the likes of Stephen Fletcher's getting more opportunities and, and he's having a good season. Um and not only that, we we've still, although at times we're vulnerable to the odd mistake, which I'll come to on our weaknesses, but our defence sure. is still relatively strong as well. If you look at the likes of uh Kieran Westwood, who I still believe is one of the better keepers in the oh, league. I totally agree and, with that. Yeah. And then we've got who we got on free transfer who's been sensational so far is Julian Berner, uh, the German uh, centre-half with Tom Lees. Now, Tom Lees has been injured, but when they're together, they have been pretty solid. So I'm hoping Lees returns for Saturday. He's a doubt for this match, correct, Lees? He's, he's, yeah, that's correct. He, he was out for a couple of weeks. He's been to uh, Spain to receive treatment, uh, Barcelona, I believe. And he, he's a doubt, but... He did miss the game against Huddersfield, so he's probably. I have a feeling he'll start actually. Okay. But at the minute, at the minute, they're saying that is a doubt. So otherwise, it could be Ayofa or Bates who steps in. Uh, but onto our weaknesses, it, it it still rings true that we're, I think we're vulnerable. At, is our fullbacks? Um, we've got Moses. I was about to ask you if that's your weaknesses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our fullbacks for sure. So we've got. Moses Adebayo from Brentford, who ha- actually on the ball is is not a bad little player, uh, but he has made numerous mistakes this season at right back. He's, he gave away two penalties at Preston. Um, he's just 
is a little bit frustrating. I don't know if it's a confidence thing at the minute, but you know, sometimes simply you just need to clear your lines, you know, whether you put it into Rose Ed or you just smack it straight back to the opposing goalkeeper. And at times he seems to take too long at the ball. And when he is clearing the ball, it's going straight back to the opposition far too often for me. Um, it's a little bit worrying. And not only that, like Liam Palmer's actually having a really good season, but naturally he's a right-footed player, but he's playing at left back. Um, so we could be very vulnerable still at, um, well, in, in those areas, the fullback areas. Sure. And, and not only that, I think because sometimes we lack a bit of concentration, we, we can give away fouls in dangerous areas. So the other weakness for me would then would then be set pieces. Um, other than, you know, Borner and Lisa are, you know, decent at centre-back. But if, you know, if, if there's a crowded 18 you know, yard box or 12 yard box and, and other, other people are having to defend as well, then um, I'd still say we're vulnerable there also. Okay, very good. Thank you for sharing that. Louis, all right, let's talk about Gary Muck again and what could be his potential strategy against Fulham. It's hard because he just came in, so I don't know if you can really get a read on what he's going to do. I will tell you this, that the teams that have given Fulham trouble have been the ones that impressed them. And that yeah. have made things difficult because Fulham are dedicated. And I'm talking about dedicated to playing the ball out from the back. In fact, Scott Parker has talked about this, that this is the way, paraphrasing, they, he wants them to play. So they're not going to change. So I'm curious your thoughts. Do you think Monk will try to press Fulham or do you think he's going to play a different way? I really think that he's, he's simply got to press Fulham. I think, you know, it's, it is difficult to judge, like you say, this is his first game in charge at Hillsborough. Um, but for me, if if you don't press Fulham, you're going to get beat 2 or 3 nil. And I think, you know, if you defend from the front, you can play to our strengths, like I've mentioned already, using wide areas, but literally, like, def- defend from the from the strikers and, and, and beyond that, you know, the likes of Bannon, Hutchinson, etc. before it even gets to the back four. I think that, for me, is... is the only way to play against Fulham because I know we're going to come on to the players that Fulham do have and the attacking threat they've got. Yes. And, if it, if, and if they're shown too much of the ball, then yes, we will lose this game. So I think it'd be a case of, yeah, setting up again, playing to our strengths. I, I think that for me, Monk is very positive in the fact that he doesn't worry too much about the opposition. He, he is one of these managers who simply is like, well, let them worry about us. Let's let's do our thing. And then, you know, if, if there is any issues on the day, then that's where we make substitutions or change formation. But, uh, but yeah, going forward into Saturday, I think we simply, we, we just, particularly at home as well, we've just got to press Fulham for the whole 90 minutes. And I know that can become tiring and you know after, after an hour or so players probably struggle to do that but we'll get caught out otherwise so it's it's going to be all guns blazing hope hopefully from my point of view yeah okay well that's going to leave me to ask you with uh that in mind who would be your key players on saturday for sheffield wednesday against Fulham? who has to play well um other than obviously the defense which is obvious um I'm going to pick out four players. So I think starting at centre-back, like I say, he's been great so far this season. Um, a, a fan's favourite already, I would say, is Julian Borner. I think he's just so calm and collected on the ball. He makes, you know, when a player just simply makes things look easy. 
um, simple passes, simple clearances and keeping possession at the same time. He, he's going to be key for us. Um, but then going forward, like I say, we are at home, so we need to be on the front foot. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of Sheffield Wednesday's forward play does come through Bannon, whether that's creativity in terms of crossing um, assists, you know, long balls, short balls. Um, Bannon, Bannon's the man for that, basically. He's, he's very much a clog in our wheel. But then two players I've got to pick out. They've probably been our better two players this season so far. Um, Kadeem Harris, you know, we got on a free transfer from Cardiff City. Um, he can, he, he'll probably start on, on the left wing, but he switches sides throughout the games. And he's just got, he's, he's lightning quick. Like I say, we, we've, we're not used to this as Wednesday fans. Um, he's got, a handful of assists already. He managed to, well, you probably saw the goal and he set up for Fletcher against Huddersfield. And and Fletcher's scored three goals in three games now. Um, first time he's done that since 2012. And wow. he's, he's, yeah, he's, on, he's been on fantastic form for a good, well, since the end of last season, really. Um, so Harris and Fletcher, for me, are the... The game changers, if you like, at, at, at present in the Sheffield Wednesday team who can really, you know, they can be the difference between picking up, well, from zero points to three. So, um, yeah, they're, they're the ones to watch for me on Saturday. Okay. Let's now talk about Fulham. I want your view on them just overall. Fulham go down, and honestly, I, I think Fulham have built a very good squad for this upcoming season. And this is between us, Louis. I will be extremely disappointed if Fulham don't get automatic promotion. It doesn't look like it right now because it hasn't clicked yet. But they have all the ingredients for it to eventually click. I truly believe that. What are your thoughts on Fulham so far back in the championship? I again, I think Fulham for me the the, the team to watch. If I look at the championship and the and the teams, the players, the managers all together collectively. Um, for me, Fulham, West Brom and Leeds United are the top three for me. They were my predictions. I had, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, Russ, but I had Fulham, Fulham to finish first, West Brom second, Leeds United third. Well, you're now, welcome I mean, any time on Cardiff Stark, Louis. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I know um, that Fulham, like you say, probably hasn't clicked yet, but we know, don't yep. we, Russ, that you, you, know, you, can, you can be at Christmas, you can be in... 11th 12th position and you can still go up in this division like you if you can if you can have a really good couple of months where you win seven out of eight games for example then then you will be there and I think you know with the players that Fulham have got and not only you know looking at the the great attacking options you know the the players like Stefan Johansson um who I've always been a fan of I think it's Fulham are just going to be there about simply. And I think the only question mark that some people have raised probably, particularly when we've talked on the championship show, the championship pod is, is Scott Parker, you know, his lack of experience. But I thought even towards the end of last season, when Fulham did come down from the Premier League, I thought he, you know, in, in difficult circumstances, he, he showed something, you know, a bit of grit yeah. and determination. And I thought that he'd, he'd really got something about him. And I think um, as time goes on over this long, hard, grueling season, and particularly over the winter months when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, that, yes, for me, Fulham are definitely going to be right up there. So, um, again, like I say, I think this game is 
I'm going to be passing my judgment on this game on Saturday because it'll <laughs> determine how how Wednesday's season's probably going to be as well. Um, okay. How good we are. So. Okay, excellent. And listen, it's a valid argument when you talk about Scott Parker. We still need to see more to make a judgment on him, but mm. it's something to watch how he matures over the course of this championship season. He did show us something at the end of the Premier League season last season, but he's still a, a new manager, so that will be a factor. I will also mention, Louie, in case you're not have been watching much of Fulham, there have been some issues at goalkeeper, so I want to mention that Marcus Bettinelli has been a little bit of a lightning rod, and uh, there's a good reason for it. There have been some questionable mistakes, and uh, I will call them mistakes that have cost Fulham points in my mind, so that's something to watch too. So glad that you mentioned Scott Parker, but I'll also say, the situation of goalkeeper is something to watch for Fulham, and I think uh, several Fulham supporters will agree with me on that. All right, let's now go back to you, and let's talk about the Fulham players that you're concerned with in this upcoming match. Well, you just simply can't look past that front three, can you? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think every... every you know, opposing fan that you get on Cottage Talk this season will probably literally say, you know, that front three is the best in the league. Um, you know, Mitrovic is a, probably a Premier League player. Um, will score goals for fun in this league. I think he's got five goals already, hasn't he, this season. Um, obviously, Knockart as well at this level, fantastic, capable of assists and goals. Um, he dislikes Sheffield Wednesday as well, so he'll probably want to put one past us, you know, on Saturday. Uh, ever since he was at Brighton and we, we knocked them out of the, the playoffs, what seems like an ages ago, um, he's took a dislike to us. So he'll probably have a fantastic game on Saturday and I wouldn't put him past him scoring. And then, obviously, Ivan Cavallero as well. He's yep. just a flair player, isn't he? He's capable of many things in attack, whether that's creating scoring goals, um, long shots, you know, yeah, just everything. And and then not only that, to make things better for you, is you've still got Tom Kearney, haven't you, sitting That's behind right. those two. So I just simply can't look past those players. I know probably a few Fulham players, you tend to, they maybe go under the radar, but I just... I'd, I'd, I sometimes like to pick out other players that, like I say, do go under the radar sure. a little bit, like like Stefan Johansson. But yep. I think with his full side, you just you just look at those four collectively and think, Jesus, yeah, they're <laughs> they're uh, they're going to score goals this season, yep. Fulham. So um, yeah, that's that's simply got to be your strength. Yeah. Okay, excellent. I'll, I'll mention another player that was uh, suspended for the last match because of. Uh... Two yellow cards, and uh, again, it's uh, he's a little bit of a lightning rod as well right now. He's a very good player, has played overall, I think, very well for Fulham. That's Harry Archer, but he's someone yeah. that can run a little bit hot, and uh, so just keep that in mind when you're watching this match. I'll also mention a player that actually I thought was the man of the match in the last match who played in the championship last season, that's Harrison Reed. He's a player yeah. that I think is going to help Fulham as well, so I just want to mention those players to you. All right. I have to ask you about a player that is now with Fulham but can't play until January, and he was with Sheffield Wednesday last season. Tell Fulham supporters about Michael Hector what they can expect. Well, first and foremost, we're jealous that you've got him. You probably realise that. Um, Sheffield Wednesday fans wanted Hector to return to the club, but, you know, for whatever reason, well, I think it was the, the value that Chelsea 
put on his head in yep. terms of the fee. Michael Hector, yeah, is just a very, very stable defender in this division. You know, is since he's moved from Reading to Chelsea years ago, I don't know whether he's even made a first-team appearance, to be honest. But I don't think probably, he ever did. No, I don't believe so. And I think he's, he's one of those players that's caught up between being probably an exceptional championship player, but at Premier League level, he's probably never going to cut it. So for you guys at Fulham, yeah, he's just calm, collected, um, a giant of a defender. So, he, you know, he, he can put himself about and he's... he's a no-nonsense defender as well, but when he has got his foot on the ball, he's capable of a decent pass. So he will, you know, I think he'll become a fan's favourite and you'll begin to love Michael Hector if he plays like um, he does for you, like he did like for us last year, should I say. Because um, he he was our player of the season last year, Michael wow. Hector. Um, simply, he was just fantastic for us at times and, and the, the sheer size of him is, is capable of, of the odd goal here and there as well um, and you know he, he definitely gives 110% every game, every game that I've seen him um, so I think was it £5 million that you paid for him in the end Russ was I'm it? I'm not sure the exact amount but I think that's in the ballpark and uh, yeah. this is a situation that again there's been a lot of talk about why it didn't happen before the window closed for whatever reason it never got done but now after the window closed, he's actually been training with Fulham, which I find fascinating. Yeah. And uh, but he cannot play until January because the window closed. So we're excited to see what he can offer, and I'm glad that you shared that because a center back, a, a very strong center back, is something Fulham, I think, needs. So uh, so thank you for sharing that, Louis. Uh, let's now focus on how Fulham can win this match from your perspective. So I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker, what would be your strategy to beating your club, Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, once again, it's attacking our fullbacks. I hate to say it, and I wish that they were stronger in many ways, but whether Morgan Fox plays, who's, who's had a steady season so far, uh, Palmer has also, but yeah, I'm still worried about Moses Adarejo, to be honest. Um, and I think... You know, we're pretty solid elsewhere, whether that's in attack or, or the centre-backs and even the goalkeeper. But just, yeah, the full-backs for me, um, if you can get down the wings, particularly the likes of Cavalero and Knockout, you know, I think, um, like I say, I think it's just a case of that, particularly Adebayo is is prone to a mistake. Okay. Um, and, and not only that, if, if you manage to keep possession of the ball and you are attacking us the way you can do like say the use of the flare and, and the wings that you've got yep. you'll be able to probably create many set pieces as well whether that's from corners and um, free kicks and yeah I think if you can have more possession particularly in the first half you know that you might get on you know the crowd might get on Wednesday's back a little and and it's a case of doing what Fulham do best and that's just creating opportunities I believe and and the more you do so the more chance you're going to get to score and I think it's 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 from wide areas but it's interesting this fixture because I would I would say a similar point of view like I said earlier about Sheffield Wednesday I think for us it'd be wide areas as well so it could be you know I know, I know we're going to talk about my prediction later but I think this right. game could be really have a handful of goals in it so um, I'll be intrigued to yeah see what the scoreline is going to be. I totally agree with you that there's going to be goals, and I think there are going to be multiple goals. So I think that's where we're definitely going to be in agreement. We'll see on our predictions. 
but before we get there, give me your starting 11 that you think uh, Gary Monk will be putting out against Fulham. Well, again, this is difficult to predict because obviously Monk's only been in charge for one game and that was an away fixture. So it's his first game in charge at Hillsborough. But having said that, we like I said, we, we need to play on the front foot. We need to attack from the off, defend from the front. And for that reason, I don't think he'll change things too much. However, um, I believe he'll play a 4-1-4-1 formation at home, which will then revert to, as we attack, a 4-3-3. Yep. So for me, he'll play Westwood in goal with Borna Lees at centre-back, Adebejo right-back, Palmer left-back, uh, with Sam Hutchinson just sitting in front of the centre-backs as the holding midfielder. I think he'll return Kieran Lee to the side to play central, central midfield with uh, Barry Bannon. So they'll be the two in the middle. And then I think, um, just based on a, a bit of speculation and, and rumours that's gone round, that he may drop Jacob Murphy. I think he says that the uh, that Gary Monk wants more from him and we're not seeing the best of him yet. So I think he might play Adam Reach out on the, on the wing with Harris on the other side. Um, and then they may alternate. And then obviously Stephen Fletcher up straight up front. Um, I can't imagine we'd go straight into a four-two-two formation having not played that all season. So I'll right. I'll stick to like I say the four-one-four-one, revert into four-three-three uh, for this game. Okay, and I expect uh, Fulham to play four-three-three. That's basically what they've been playing. What will be interesting? I'm expecting a, a, a similar side that that we've been seeing recently, except for the midfield three. I that I'm. Very intrigued with what Scott Parker could do, Louis, because, uh, like I mentioned, Harrison Reed was really the man of the match in the last match. You have options. You can, like you talked about, you're a fan of Stefan Johansson. Yeah. You have Harry Archer. You also can put Bobby Reed in there along with Tom Kearney. So there are a lot of parts that Scott Parker can play with. So it'll be interesting what he goes with, with a 4-3-3. That's going to be interesting when the starting 11 and the 18 come on because I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do uh and uh, but again that's I think he has a good problem in central midfield uh, but it it'll be fun to see what he ends up with okay all right let's end with our predictions louis i will start with you give me your prediction for this match well i'm going to sit on the fence a little bit you could say um sheffield wednesday haven't drawn this season and like i say i think there will be goals in this one um i'm quite i'm always quietly confident when we play at home, that we can sure. beat anybody on our day. However, against this Fulham side, who simply everyone's aware how good they are in attack. Um, and for the reasons, like I say, that we, we haven't drawn this season, I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, two. I think like th- there will be goals. Um, and I, I just simply think that Fulham will score with with the you know abundance of great attributes you've got up front. Um, so 2 all for me in Gary Monk's first game. Um, I'm intrigued to see what you're going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because there's a part of me that wants to agree with you to go 2-2. But I'm actually going to go 3-2 to to Fulham because this is a match. If they have aspirations of automatic promotion, they need to be beating a team that, again, I truly believe when everything is all said and done that you will be in that 12 could you yeah. be knocking on the door for the top six? I think you're going to be. So you're going to be in the mix. I truly believe that. I think you have a quality manager. You still have quality players that 
know the championship. So with all that said, I have full respect for Sheffield Wednesday, but I also are going to be basically making my decision on three to two based on what you said about your fullbacks. Okay. That's why I'm going three to two because I can see that as an opportunity for players like Knockhart, Cavalero, and then of course, have open things up for Mitrovic. And again, we have uh, fullbacks to look out for Joe Bryan. You're probably familiar with. And then the other Sessignon, we'll see how Steven matures uh, as the season goes along. But he's a player that can actually make a difference. What's interesting about him, Louis, when you watch Steven Sessignon, is that he tends to drift. Instead of going out wide, he tends to drift more central, which is very interesting with a fullback. So just watch him. He's has a lot of skill. And believe it or not, I'm going to say this. I think he has the ability to be just as good as, as his brother. I think he yeah. has it in him. We'll see if he proves me right. But he has a lot of talent. He just gets overshadowed by his brother, Ryan. We'll see if Steven Session becomes that type of player. But it would not surprise me because you can see the skill, and he has a lot of confidence. All right. Well, good stuff, Louie. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me also. Uh, like I say, it's, it's been a while, hasn't it? And uh, it's, it's, good, it's good to be back on Cottage Talk, even though it's been probably about 24 months uh, since our last on. But uh, always happy to talk to you, Russ. Yeah, well, hopefully this time next year we can be doing Cottage Talk both in the Premier League. That would be nice, right? Oh, it'd be lovely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, Louis. before we go, tell everyone one more time how they can follow you on Twitter, read you, and hear you. Yeah, just give me a follow at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Okay, excellent. And they can, can also listen to you on the Championship Pod, and and you are writing in several different locations. Just want to mention that as well. Okay, yeah. well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cutter Stock. For my very special guest, Louis Shackshaft, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.